Hey guys, welcome to Frosting on the Cake with Ellie and Heidi, Ellie's mom. (laughs) I hope you enjoy our podcast. We will be talking a little bit about ourselves, just different things we think of throughout the day, a little bit of Jesus sprinkled in, and who knows, we might even interview some people. Come along for the ride. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another long-awaited episode of Frosty on the Cake. This is Heidi, and I'm sure you're waiting for the cheery voice of Ellie. However, Ellie is not joining us today, unfortunately. She is at school, and she has so much going on, as you heard in our life update so many weeks ago, that she has decided to take a few um, weeks or months off of the podcast um, just because she has so much going on in her life right now and she's uh, extremely busy. So whether it's fortunately or unfortunately, you're stuck with me for today's episode, but I am so excited that you're here and I have so much to talk to you about that God has really just kind of been downloading into my heart and mind to share with you. So today's episode is going to be about being a voice in the wilderness. And you may hear that and go, what on earth are you talking about? You don't live in the middle of the wilderness. And I don't, that is true, but all of us as Christians are strangers in a strange land. That's um, what we are called in God's word. And the voice in the wilderness refers to John the Baptist in the Bible. And it talks about how basically John the Baptist was considered to be weird, honestly. He lived way out in the wilderness by himself in the desert and ate like crickets and, you know, didn't care much about the way he looked and what he wore. He was so focused on being connected to God and serving God that he wasn't really concerned about all of those things that we concern ourselves with. He knew that the Lord would provide and the Lord did provide for him. But the unique thing I feel about John the Baptist and when we hear about him early on in God's word is that he was kind of an odd fellow, but here's the thing. People knew he was a man of God and they came out to where he was to see him and to have him um, talk with them and teach them about Jesus who was going to be coming as savior of the world. And just to give you all a little bit of a background story, I may maybe you do know or don't know, but I'm going to share with you that John the Baptist and Jesus were only months apart and they were cousins. So it's interesting to hear in the Bible recount of when John the Baptist sees Jesus Um, And he says to him, here is the savior of the world whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch. As though he's introducing Jesus to the masses as to who this really is. And I just find it so interesting because so much of the Bible um, is to me a little bit of a mystery. Like they don't tell us about the years of John the Baptist and Jesus growing up together. Like many of you I'm sure have cousins that you've shared life 
together with and you've lived life together and you've known each other. And I'm sure that Jesus and John the Baptist did know each other. Obviously, they knew they were cousins and they knew they were related. But the way that John the Baptist introduces Jesus to the masses, I just find it so interesting that he says, you know, this is the savior of the world whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch. Just gives me the thought of, wow, he knows who Jesus is, not just on a human level, but John the Baptist knows who Jesus really is on a a, um, level of eternity in that mindset of this isn't just some ordinary person. This isn't just my cousin. This is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, and you all need to understand. Because people, as odd as what John the Baptist, as as odd as how he looked and as strange as how he seemed to people, people did respect him and know he was a man of God. So many people looked to John the Baptist, you know, for answers regarding God and heaven and eternity. And so for him to basically turn them away from him and to Jesus, people would have looked then and said, oh my goodness, you know, we need to really think about what he is saying about this man that is walking towards us right now. Who is this Jesus? What is he about? So I bring all of that up because I want to talk with you about us, ourselves. How much of a voice in the wilderness are we? Because as I said at the beginning, we all are strangers in a strange land. Our home is not here. Our home is in heaven. And are we looked at as strangers in a strange land? Do people look at us and kind of raise an eyebrow and go, what is up with that person? Because as Christians, we should be different from the masses, if you will. We should be different from everybody else. And there should be things about our lives and the way we choose to live our lives that are, I want to say glaringly obvious, but maybe to some people they aren't, but there should be things about our lives and the way we choose to live our lives that are obvious to others that we are different. We are strangers. We are not like everybody else. So whether you're a young person in high school or college or a single person who is starting out with a career, or maybe you're like myself, you've been married for a long time and you have influences in the community as far as where your kids go to school or where you go to church, even when you go to the grocery store and the gas station, things like that. I have always said to my kids, and if Ellie were here, she could attest to this, but I've said to my kids for years, and it's true about all of us, you are being watched and people are paying attention to what you are doing, especially, especially if you call yourself a Christ follower. And I hesitate to say if you call yourself a Christian, and I put that like in quotes, because many people who know of God and believe there is a God call themselves Christians. But as we know, a Christian is a person who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ and confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that he is Lord, and he is the Savior, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. And God's word tells us, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. That's not saying that um, all people are excluded except for a certain group. What that's saying is that all people, all human beings, 
Every single person that walks on the face of planet Earth, God the Father does not want them to die and not live with him in eternity. The heart of the Father is that no man should be lost, no, not one. And his will is that today is the day of salvation. God's word tells us that it is the will of the Father that no man should be apart from him in eternity. It is up to us to choose where are we going to spend eternity? Are we going to spend eternity in heaven, which God's word describes of having streets of gold, pearly gates, uh, beautiful waters that run through the middle with magnificent trees and colors that we've never seen before because our eyes, our earthly eyes just can't see them. But heaven is a glorious, glorious place filled with those Christians that have gone before us, all of our loved ones and the people of the Bible that we read about are all there, heroes of the faith, family members, loved ones, ready and waiting when our day comes to greet us. And all we have to do is choose today whom you will serve. You know, God's word says um, in Joshua twenty four fifteen at the end of that verse, it says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The beginning of that verse says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And then goes on to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can read that verse and oftentimes people think of it as me and my house, you know, meaning where I live, the four walls that I share with my family members. However, I feel that verse is meant to speak of our body because as a Christian, our body is a temple of the Lord. This is my house, if you will, that my soul lives in. My body is what carries around my soul and I feel that this verse is talking about, as for me and my house, myself, we will serve the Lord. I will be serving the Lord. Me and my earthly house, the four walls that I share with my family, that house, we will serve the Lord as well. But I think it's interesting for us to think about our personal house, our temple of the Lord as a Christian, our body is a temple of the Lord because as a born again Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, to guide you and lead you. And you have a personal relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, his son. And because of that, you look at yourself and the choices you make differently. And you look at the world, hopefully through a different lens, through the lens of Christ, which, you know, Obviously, I'm not Jesus, but I often pray that he would give me his eyes of compassion as I look on other people. Give me the eyes to see them with the heart of the Father. Because in our humanity, when we look at people, we tend to compare, we tend to judge, we tend to um, cast doubt on what we see or what they're presenting to us as who they are. But when we are a Christian and when we pray, Lord, give me your eyes, help me to see them as you see them. There's a shift and it changes what we see and how we see people. And it gives us that heart of compassion to see them differently because the Lord maybe will reveal to us 
not personal details about that, that person's life, but the Lord will reveal to us how we should be feeling and thinking toward that person. And it will shift and change how we choose to um, interact with that person and choose to respond to that person. So anyway, um, maybe I digress from you know the original thoughts here as to a voice in the wilderness, but I'm going to continue. I'm actually in the kitchen because I wanted to stay true to our theme, if you will, of being in the kitchen. So I'm going to go back to cutting up my chicken. It's about 9.20 in the morning um, on this kind of grayish October day. And I thought today was a perfect day to be making homemade chicken noodle soup. No one is sick or anything, but I just thought it's great soup weather. So I'm going to go back to cutting up my chicken that I have already cooked. And I'm just going to continue to talk with you as I make this chicken noodle soup. So um, yeah, voice in the wilderness. I So I have to be honest with all of you and tell you that the Lord has really been working um, in my heart lately with, um, and this speaks to the voice part of being a voice in the wilderness, because when you're a voice in the wilderness, you have to talk, right? You have to speak. It's your job as a Christian to listen and you know, act and obey on what the Lord is laying on your heart. So I want to share with you that the Lord has really been dealing with me quite a bit on not just being a hearer of the word, as God's word says, to not be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. And that doer part, oh my gosh, for me has been a big challenge because I know for the past, I hesitate to say maybe years, few years, many years, (laughs) that the Lord's really been um, calling me to share more of my story with people and to talk with people and to let people know that Christians were definitely not perfect. We have our own um, issues, if you will, but the difference between being a Christian and trying to handle your personal issues and a non-Christian, is that thank the Lord, we have the Lord. (laughs) Because without him, it's not going to go as well. It's not going to resolve itself as well as when, you know, you, you have God the Father who created the universe at your fingertips to deal with the things that you're dealing with in your heart and in your mind. And he gives you... um the tools to be able to handle things and to face things that maybe aren't that easy and to talk with other people about them. I um, do believe that God allows things to happen in our lives that may not be very pleasant. Now, please don't misunderstand what I am saying. I am not saying that God... um, uh, makes these things happen. Like he's, I don't think that he is, you know, picking certain people up and putting them in your life and causing them to be mean to you or unkind to you or do things to you that you wish would never have happened. But I do know we live in a sin cursed world. I do know that greater is he that lives in you than he who's in this world. And I also know that. Sometimes the Lord allows things to happen to us that are not fun, but 
at the end of the day, the Lord will take those things that Satan intended for evil and that Satan intended to hurt us and harm us. And just like an amazing God that we have, just like his character, he will take that awful thing and he will turn it to something beautiful and something amazing. And nine out of 10 times, I believe, he will turn it into something that if you choose to allow him to work, so please notice those words, if you choose to allow him to work, he will then use you and that experience you had, turn it to something beautiful, and on top of it, use it as a way for you to be a blessing to others. Others who maybe have walked through that same thing, others maybe who are just experiencing something pretty crummy in their life, and you can share with them what you have been brought through by, by the grace of God, and that you now have that as part of your testimony to testify as to how great your God is, not as to how miserable you are and how Satan got you know, the foothold in your life on this thing. No, but how great your God is in that he took this horrible thing, turned it on its head, made it into something beautiful, and made it for a blessing to you at the end of the day because you are a blessing to others. And it just, it blows me away that our God is a God, <clears throat> excuse me, is a God that not only is capable of doing this, but does this repeatedly in people's lives. And God's word talks about taking beauty from ashes, taking those ashes of our lives, those things that are just so crummy and terrible and awful, and maybe we have not even spoken them out loud. Maybe we have not shared them with anyone. But over the process of time, as we allow the Lord to do his will and his work in our hearts and lives, he will make it so that we can share that. And maybe we only share that with one person in our life. But you know what? Maybe that one person is the person that God had for you to be a witness to so that you can share that with that person that there is so much more on the other side of what they're walking through. There's joy there is happiness, there is peace, there is um, fulfillment, there is so much life to be lived on the other side that it makes you want to share with others so that they also can know the joy and the peace that you have. Now, what does all of this have to do with a voice in the wilderness? Well, what it has to do with a voice in the wilderness is that sometimes as that voice, we need to say things and be willing to share things that are not easy. It's so easy to talk about things that don't involve you personally and things that you do not have to um, kind of put yourself out there for. And I think part of being a true witness for the Lord is being willing to share those hard things about yourself, not about other people, not about other things, but about yourself. Because people are going to relate better to you 
and they're also going to see you as more human, I guess, because I think that oftentimes people who are not Christians, people who do not have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I think that oftentimes they look at Christians and say, oh, well, you know, aren't you perfect? Or you think you know everything? Or, you know, yeah, I'm so glad that, you know, you and your God have got that all figured out. And they think that life as a Christian is very much like Pollyanna. And for those of you that don't know who Pollyanna is, um, I would encourage you to read the book, Pollyanna, or if you're not a reader, watch the movie. But anyway, I'll, I'll digress a bit here to explain. So Pollyanna um, is a book, is a character in a book of, given by that name, Pollyanna, who is a, a little girl who is extremely, extremely positive. She's the um, orphan child of um, missionary parents, and I'm taking stuff out of my cupboard, so if you hear noises, I apologize. Um, she's a orphan child of orphan orphan child of missionary parents who has to move in with her old um, crotchety aunt, and Pollyanna um, ends up finding positive things amongst very sad and negative circumstances. So um, when I say, you know, that I think that sometimes people look at Christians and go, oh, you're, you know, you're a bunch of Pollyannas, that's what I mean. I mean that oftentimes people who don't really know you personally, I'm shaking my chicken broth up, sorry. Um, people who don't know you personally or don't want to take the time to get to know you will oftentimes think, oh yeah, you know, there goes one of those, you know, Christ followers and isn't their life great and nothing is ever wrong and everything's all rainbows and sunshine. Well, that's not true. It's not true at all. And um, I will tell you that God's word promises, promises you that uh, Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. However, God's word does not promise you that everything's going to be rainbows and sunshine. God's word promises you simply, like I said, that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You know, this reminds me of, um, that's just me tapping the um, broth into the crock pot. Anyway, um, that, saying these things to you about, you know, God promises to not leave you reminds me of the story if some of you are familiar, I don't know, but I'll share it with you quickly, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Well, I'm super glad you asked. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three gentlemen, real people, mind you, which I'd like to remind people that um, these characters in the Bible, they're not like storybook characters. They are actual real people that really lived on this earth and really experienced these things that we read about in the Bible. So Moses, Noah, Esther, Ruth, um, you know, John the Baptist, Jesus himself, all of these people, the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. I mean, all of these people, I could go on and on and mention different names as they come to mind. But anyway, you get the idea. All of these people were real people who truly walked the earth just as you and I do today, and they really did experience these things. So think about this. I'm going to open my noodles a minute, so excuse the noise. I'm just going to pour these in. 
and if I mean, don't know if you are interested or not, but I'm pouring in the noodles raw and they will cook throughout the day because I'm putting this all in the crock pot together. And if you want the chicken noodle soup recipe, let me know. I'll be happy to send it to you. Anyway, um, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three Christians that were, um, they were actually slaves and King Nebuchadnezzar had made a ruling that everybody um, should bow down to this statue that it was made in the image of Nebuchadnezzar and they should bow down every time they hear the music play and if they don't, they're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as I said, were Christians and they refused to bow down to this idol made in worship of King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, short story, King Nebuchadnezzar gets wind of this. He takes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, aside, who, by the way, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are good friends with um, Daniel of the day. We don't know where Daniel was at this time. God's word does not talk about Daniel in regard to this story, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three of Daniel's friends. Anyway, um, the king likes them. And so he takes them aside and he's like, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. Uh, I'm going to, you know, when you hear the music play, bow down and worship me and worship my idol. Because, you know, if you don't, I'm going to throw you into this fiery furnace. And so he's threatening them. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say to him, we will not bow down and worship this idol. We will only bow down and worship our God. And we want you to know, King Nebuchadnezzar, that you can throw us into this fire, and that's okay. But you need to understand that our God can save us out of this fire. However, if our God chooses not to save us out of this fire, he is still God, and that's okay too. So basically, these three young men are standing there looking at the ruler of the nation and telling him straight up, you know what, buddy? We are not going to worship you. We are not going to bow down to your idol. We are not going to praise you. We only kneel down and bow down and praise the one true living God, and that is the God of heaven. So King Nebuchadnezzar gets mad, like really mad, not just a little bit angry. Like he is super, super mad. And he tells his guards, okay, you know what? Fine. These guys think that they're going to show me up because people, of course, are watching this. I mean, not like through the window, but people know what's going on. And he says, fine, I'll show you. Tells his guards, fire up the furnace 700 times hotter than what it's supposed to be. Make it super, super hot. And the guards like, okay. So they turn the heat super, super high. They turn the heat up so high that when they go to toss Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace, that the guards die. That's how hot it is. So they're not even in the furnace yet. They're opening the door and just the heat from the door wafts out and kills them, drops them dead. Boom, right there. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get tossed in the furnace. And the king can see into the furnace. So I don't know if like this was a glass furnace or it just had a door that was glass and he could see. I'm not sure, you know, God's word isn't clear as to how the furnace is built and what it looks like. But anyway, God's word tells us that the king can see into the furnace and the king. So mind you, this is a godless king. Okay. And the king is looking into the furnace and he says 
to the other guards. How many men did we throw in there? Didn't we just throw three? Wasn't it just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And his guards like, yeah, yeah, king, you know, just the three. The king says, then why do I see? Now, this is what he says, and I find it very interesting. He says, then why do I see a God-like man walking in with them? There is a fourth person walking in the furnace with them. I find this interesting because King Nebuchadnezzar was a godless man, but even he could recognize God when he saw him. Now, Bible scholars say, many of them say, and I believe, um, I should really go to the story now in my Bible, but I believe that God's word says this was the pre-incarnate son of God, Jesus, walking in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now just think about that for a minute. So Jesus has not been born yet. These people know only of God of heaven. And this godless man, King Nebuchadnezzar, is able to look upon the pre-incarnate Jesus and recognize him. He can recognize him as a God, as God. Now, if you think about that, it's very interesting because, you know, shift your mind from this story that was real. It really happened. These are real people. Keep that in mind, real people. And think about that in regard to people of today. We all know unsaved people. We all do. And... It proves to me that people, when they are really looking, like King Nebuchadnezzar was really looking into this furnace. He was really focused and he could not wait to see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego burn because he was so angry. Like his anger burned as hot as that furnace. And he was just waiting to watch them just be smote in that fire, to just go up in smoke and poof, be gone. And I can almost picture him like rubbing his hands together and going, ha ha ha, you know, look at this. And this is going to be so, you know, such a great example to all of my people in my nation as to what's going to happen when you choose to go against me and you choose to not do what I say and you choose to not bow down to me and my rulings and all that I say. Ha ha ha, watch this people. Oh, well, okay, King Nebuchadnezzar, watch. Yep watch. Because what happens next is that he ends up recognizing the God of heaven. He ends up recognizing the pre-incarnate Jesus. And he says, oh my gosh, there are not three, but four. And they are walking in the furnace and they are singing oh my word, what is going on? So after he sees this, he calls to the guards, let them out, let them out. Oh my gosh, let them out. And the guards open the doors and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out of the fire. Now listen to this. This is what God's word tells us. And this is so cool. They walk out of the fiery furnace that was so hot that the guards that put them in died. So remember that. That's how hot this furnace was. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walk out of this furnace and they go to the king and listen to this. They do not smell of fire. They do not have a hair on their head that is singed and not a piece of their garment even is burnt. So I bring all of this up because as a Christian with people looking at us from the outside, they may see us standing there. We don't smell like smoke. Not a hair on our head is singed. Not a piece of our garment is touched with fire. However, so we don't feel the effects in the end of that. However, God did not stop Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from having to one face the fire, face the king, and make a decision. Those three things they had to do. And when they chose rightly, meaning go ahead, fine, throw me in the fire. But you know what? Our God can save us. And even if our God doesn't choose to save us, he still is God. They chose the right thing. And when they did, God sent the pre-incarnate Jesus, the son of God, to walk through that fire with them. Just as when we go through trials today, those hard things in life, the things that really stink, that we don't understand, we don't know how it's going to turn out. We look at the fire and we're scared, but we make that right decision. Jesus walks with us because God's word tells us he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Walks through the fire with us. We come out at the end with not feeling those effects. Now, I'm not saying that when we go through hard things, they don't change us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they sure were changed. Absolutely, 100%. And they were changed in that I walked through that fire, Jesus was with me, and guess what? He brought me out on the other side. And what Satan and King Nebuchadnezzar intended for evil to God be the glory. And now I have this as part of my testimony that I can say to you, yes, you can face that furnace. You can face that fire and Jesus will be with you and he will bring you out on the other side and he will turn what was intended for evil to good because after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of that fiery furnace, guess who told the people to bow down and worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yep, King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar knew that a God that can do that, what he just saw, is the one true living God. So all of that to say, to come back to ourselves and to bring this back kind of full circle as a voice in the wilderness and as um, us sharing who we truly are and things that maybe have happened to us in life, we all need to not be afraid of that fire. God's word tells us in 2 Timothy um, 1.7, I believe it is, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Look at those things square in the eye that are meant to cause fear and trembling and look at them and go, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work out. God, you may not choose 
for me to literally survive what I am looking at, but I know either way, you are my God, you are my Lord, and I will take this next step of faith because I know that this is what I am called to walk through right now or what is happening right now is something that I am called to go through. Not that the Lord is making this happen to you, but it is something he's allowing in your life and there has to be a reason for it. So I want to encourage you today as a voice in the wilderness, when those opportunities arise for you to share your true self, those parts of you that aren't super pretty or the parts of you that you purposely try to hide from others, when the Lord presents an opportunity for you to share that with someone, walk through that and the Lord will be faithful and he will be with you as you do and Be sure to know that you will be a blessing to that person that you choose to share that with because God doesn't call you to do something that his grace isn't going to see you through. And I can tell you that um, from personal experience. When the Lord calls you to talk, speak, and be willing to be vulnerable and to be um, real, And I know, you know, quote, being real these days is um, kind of like, it's kind of like the buzzwords of what you should or shouldn't, you know, everybody wants you to be real. Everybody says they want you to be real, but then they go on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, Snapchat and add filters to everything. So it's kind of funny to me that they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm being real with you, man. Really? (laughs) Am I really being real with you? when I add all those filters and everything else. And I, I, I mean that figuratively as well as literally, but we're, we're real, quote unquote, to an extent in that we're sharing something, but we're not sharing all of it or everything. We're sharing what's comfortable as opposed to the parts that aren't so comfortable. So I, I'm trying to encourage each of us, myself included, to be that voice in the wilderness, be that person that people look at kind of with the raised eyebrow and go, hmm, what is with her? What is with him? Why are they, why are they so full of joy? Our world is in chaos right now. Why do they have peace? Why are they okay? Why are they so joy-filled and joyful? Why is that? And um, when we are that voice in the wilderness, when we are acting like the stranger in the strange land, um, as we are, because we are pilgrims here, we are walking through this earth because this is not our home. We are merely um, pilgrims walking through here. But we need to choose to allow the Lord to use us, especially now, especially now with the way things are. Um, Take those opportunities that the Lord gives you to share. When he opens that door for you to speak, speak, speak unashamedly and speak boldly, not rude, not unkind, not in a condemning way. Absolutely not. In a kind, loving, caring, gentle, genuine way, speak. Speak those words that you know the Lord has for you to say. We've all been there. I've, I've been there when I'm standing there talking with someone and I just feel the Holy Spirit tell me, say this. And I choose not to. I'm just going to be honest. I choose not to. And afterwards, I say to myself, ah, oh, Lord, forgive me. I know you were calling me to share whatever with this person, and I didn't. Um, forgive me, Lord, for not speaking when you called me to. 
Uh, and then there are moments when you do speak and wow, the blessing you are able to give someone and then in return, the blessing you get from being obedient to the Lord. Um, real quick, I'll share a brief story here about, um, it was the end of the school year last year because as you all know, I'm a kindergarten teacher and I was packing my stuff up. It was the last day of school. We had had our field day. It was a lot of fun. I saw lots of my kiddos and their parents and was able to talk and just interact with them and it was great. And um, I'm packing my car up and I look down the row and I see this mom who has four little ones and I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to just go over there and tell her she's a great mom. And I thought to myself, I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> that's weird. And I was, I was literally like having this spiritual conversation between myself and the Holy Spirit. And I could just feel the Holy Spirit telling me, go tell her she's a great mom. And I was not out loud, but in my head having this conversation going, no, she's going to think I'm weird. That's crazy. Why would I do that? You know, she knows she's a good mom. Like that's ridiculous. And I think I might have even said that's stupid. I honestly think I might have said that, which I don't recommend, you know, telling the Holy Spirit that's stupid, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure I said that. And, um, I just kept feeling that prompting of the Holy Spirit, go tell her, go tell her, go tell her. And I'm packing myself up in my car and I'm like, no, 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 no. So during this whole conversation, I don't know, maybe three minutes have passed and I keep looking over. Yep, she's still there. Yep, she's still there. And I'm thinking to myself, goodness sake, shouldn't she have driven away by now? And then I could say, oh Lord, too late. She drove away. But no, she was still sitting there, still sitting there and still sitting there. So when I got my car all packed up, I had to make a decision. Okay, am I going to go talk to her or am I going to just get in my car and leave? Because it would have been way more comfortable to get in my car and leave and just drive away. But I just felt so sure in my spirit. And, you know, go tell her she's a good mom. And I'm like, okay, Lord, (laughs) this is really weird. And I feel super uncomfortable and awkward and I don't want to do this. But, okay, I'll go tell her she's a good mom. So... I walk over to her truck and I'm like, hi, how are you? You know, do you have fun today? Kind of small talk, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And so I leaned on her truck and I said, okay. I said, there's something I need to tell you. And this might seem really strange, but I just really feel like God wants me to tell you that you're a good mom. And she just looked at me and the look on her face was just a complete shock like I, I want to say like her mouth dropped open and she started to cry. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make you cry. She said, no, no. She said, I can't believe that you just said that. And I said, well, why you are? And now I'm, I was just speaking like in my humanity. I was like, well, you are a good mom. Like, you know, you can tell from looking at your kids, they're great kids. They're well-behaved. You know, you can tell you're a good mom. Like why, why would that surprise you that I'm telling you this? I said, but honestly, God, I really felt in my spirit that God wanted me to tell you that you're a good mom. And as she's crying, she goes, oh my gosh, she said, I can't believe you're telling me that. She said, just this morning, just this morning. So listen to this. This is what she said to me. Just this morning, she said, I was praying that I wanted to feel God in a more real way, like what I see other people talk about and say. And I want to feel closer to the Lord and I want to know that he, um, she said something, something to the effect of, I want to know that he, um, hears me. 
And I just looked at her and my eyes probably got as big as dinner plates. And I was like, oh my gosh, seriously? And she goes, yes. She said, I prayed this morning that God would be more real to me. And I just, I can't believe that he sent you over here to tell me this. And she said, because I, I've been wondering about, you know, am I a good mom and am I doing a good job and all of these things. And here you are coming over here telling me that God told you to tell me I'm a good mom. And she was just crying. And I, I don't think I teared up, but I was just like, oh my gosh. And I said, well, well, I'm glad that I listened because honestly, I felt really awkward about coming over here and telling you this. I said, but I'm really glad that I listened so that, you know, you could be blessed. And she was like, yeah, um, me too. Thank you so much. So that honestly was the first time I had ever gone up to someone and told them, hey, God's telling me to tell you this. (laughs) And after that experience, I walked away blessed. I walked away knowing I'd heard from the Lord. Like to me, that was amazing. Heidi, you heard from God today. The Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to you and you obeyed. And because you obeyed, you got to be used as a blessing to someone else. Like that was amazing. It was 100% amazing. And I know that mom felt super encouraged, super blessed, super heard by the God of the universe. She now knows that the God of the universe that created this world, that put every star in place, knows every hair on your head, knows her and cares about her. And how amazing is it for me to know that the creator of the universe chose to use me to be a blessing and speak his truth to her. Like, that makes me cry. I mean, it's, it's so humbling to know that God doesn't need me to do his work. God doesn't need any of us to accomplish his work. He chooses to use us to accomplish his work. He chooses to use us to accomplish what he wants to have done. And how dare me to stand in his way? How dare I to say no? How dare I to say no? Because if I say no, guess what? God's going to go to the next person he has in line and he will accomplish what he wants through them. And I will miss out on that blessing and I will miss out on the joy of being able to be used by the Lord. And I don't want that. I don't want to miss out on what the Lord has for me. And I don't think you do either. I don't think you want to miss out on what the Lord has for you. Sometimes God calls us to walk through difficult things. Sometimes God calls us to do difficult things. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on being used by him. Because as a Christian, at the end of the day, that's why I'm here. I'm here to be used by him, for him, and for his glory. And that's all there is to it. Um, So I challenge myself today, first and foremost, and I challenge each of you that are listening and can hear this, to choose today to be that voice in the wilderness. Choose today 
to welcome people to look at you with that raised eyebrow like they did at John the Baptist so many years ago, who was a real person, who really walked the earth, who really was the cousin of Jesus, who really saw him walking toward him and said to the masses of people that came out to the desert to hear him speak, that John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, this is the savior of the world whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch. May we be that voice in the wilderness for the people that are in our sphere of influence today. I'm just going to close in prayer, and um, I hope that this has touched you, and I hope this has encouraged you today, and I welcome any of your comments and um, ideas for future episodes, and mostly I pray that you walk in light of eternity today, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak and move you today. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak to people that you have led to this podcast. I thank you, Father, for the time that you've blessed me with that I can record this and all the things you've laid on my heart because it's all from you, Lord, and I thank you for it. And Father God, if there are people or even one person that hears this Lord that does not know you as Lord and Savior and they want to be saved. I pray, Father God, that they will choose to seek you out, Lord, that they will pray a prayer of um, forgiveness, that they will pray a prayer of salvation. I pray, Lord, that they will know, Father God, that there aren't any specific words they need to pray. There's not a quote-unquote sinner's prayer. They don't have to walk um, an aisle at a church. They can just get on their knees and pray from their heart for salvation from you, Lord. And they just need to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord and they need to ask forgiveness for their sins and they need to choose to serve the one true living God from this day forward and allow you, Lord, to have rule and reign over their hearts and lives. And I pray, Father God, that if even just one person becomes saved, that um, this was worth it. Sharing my heart through this is worth it. And Lord, if it just simply encourages fellow believers, it's worth it. Because, Father God, I know that um, it is your will that we all be a voice in the wilderness. And I thank you, Lord, for giving me a voice today to speak your truth to these beautiful people that have taken the time to um, listen. Bless each and every one of us today, I pray, and keep us all safe as we go about our days. And may we have an eternal perspective and a... um, godly, compassionate view of all the people that we interact with today. And may we choose this day whom we will serve. And may we say in our hearts and lives, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a great day. And I look forward to sharing more with all of you next time. Bye.